0: But I kick it off, I do an introduction of the podcast, and then Trace introduces you, so I'll start off. Okay. The Westmore Library and the Quick Center for the Arts proudly presents an official Apple podcast, Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast,
1: with me, Miggs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. Uh, today, we're very happy to have with us Vincent Pastor, um, an actor with over 180 credits, uh, one of his best-known roles is as Big Pussy in the uh, HBO series *The Sopranos*, and um, he's got a pod- podcast of his own called *Forget About It*. And we'll talk about that later. But before we get in, before we get into all that, Miggs and me feel like we're about two—we have two degrees <laughs> from you. So you know how they have six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We we have two degrees from you. And at first, I'll tell you mine, and then Miggs will explain his. So I rent a, a house here. My landlord is George Ann Walken and Christopher Walken, and she was the uh, casting director on The Sopranos. And Migs, explain yours. Okay, well, I'll hold something, even though it's a podcast, but you'll, you, we can
0: talk about it. Uh, does this look familiar?
2: Oh, my broccoli wad?
0: Yeah, I designed the package. You <laughs> did? For John Gennaro. You know John
2: Gennaro, right? Yeah, we went on uh, Shark Tank. Uh, shark, great, Shark, shark Tank. tank. That was funny, yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah, she, uh, yeah that was cool. You designed that,
0: yeah. With I don't know if you know Al Gebhardt. He he works with John. Uh, Al Gebhardt's an industrial designer and uh, worked out the clamshell packaging. You know this whole yeah yeah uh, the architecture. I think,
2: I think the only place you could buy it now is in a flea market. <laughs> Why? Where do you do you sell them? No, I just no.
0: I they John gave me a few samples so I could have no see my work.
2: It, oh okay. you know, and it, I took some Frank. pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even have one. Oh really? Uh, I can, yeah. No, I don't have one. But it was that was fun. That was fun. broccoli wad
1: right. Did you get funding on the shark tank for it? The guy who invented well, it? Well, she wanted
2: to make well, I don't want to get in trouble either. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she wanted to make the deal hmm. with John. You saw it on television.
0: Right. And we
2: walked out and we had a deal.
0: Hmm.
2: And um, uh, John and I, I don't know what happened, but we left Culver City and we went down to Santa Monica, uh, actually down to Venice Beach where I hang, had a couple of drinks, and we start walking down um, the little walk. And he says, I don't want to do the deal. I said, you just said on television you (laughs) want to do the deal. He says, no, I just wanted to get us on television.
0: Uh, (laughs) Well, I think I... Uh, again, Al Gebhardt, who was working for John, and I was sort of working for Al and John, but um, he had me take pictures of the of it racked, like, you know, in, in Walmart and stuff, so I think it got out there. It was out yeah. there for a while. Yeah, okay. Well, well,
2: if you see John, I mean, you know, just say, I think he owes me a few dollars. That's all. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, I got paid through Al Gebhardt, yeah. so. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
2: I, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I, I got a Listen, I don't want to throw the guy under the bus. You know, he's yeah. he's a good guy, but uh, you know, now things happen. He's, listen, in my world, and uh, you guys are brothers, a deal is a deal. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. That's it. You know, you know, you you know, uh, uh, you know. I didn't I didn't play uh, those characters and all those movies for nothing. I I kind of had some kind of a. Roots. I mean, I got rock and roll, but uh, the other side of rock and roll is I mean, you can see the Peace of my heart, um, uh, the Burt Burns story. The other side of rock and roll in in the rock and roll business was the wise guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's the way it is, you know. And you were a club owner,
0: or are you? I don't know if you still are. You're going to cl- Rock no. Club, right? Oh no. The
2: only club I own now is if I put a play up and I'm standing behind a bar. Oh. Um, I was a club owner. Yeah. I, I, um, I, um, I had this vision. I was running a disco and I had this vision of bringing, uh, the bleaker street scene to, uh, to New Rochelle, you know, I mean, it was disco's, and shot beer joints all over their was like 87 bars at the time and um i uh i had this vision and uh i bought this rundown bar from uh the guy who owned the bar it was closed for like two years i bought it for 500 dollars. and i called my partners and i said we just bought a bar and they said what and they came over and when we opened up the door some had died in that bar.
0: <laughs> and
2: we had to go and, and now, I, well, I bought the bar, but we had to clean it out. Uh. So, um, we went up towards Woodstock and we bought lumber and we brought the lumber down and we start making it, you know, a country bar, you know, and we called it crazy horse and we had live yeah. music from day one from day one i had sean calvin play in my club for $200 oh, i gave him two hundred dollars she had lincoln in her up she had neil young's drummer buddy miller used to play in my club uh, david ruffin stopped in uh, daryl come used to come in a lot with, with tommy with tommy mottola steven tyler would stop in it was it was a hip joint man Yeah, you know and then i i got out of that and then i became you know uh the actor but i'm friends um to this day with the musicians that came out of the room you know uh and uh i know you guys know harvey harvey brooks right
0: yeah we interviewed him yeah 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 and he used to live here in westport yeah he's a good friend
2: harvey's a sweetheart yeah. Um, I was in awe when I met Harvey because, uh, you know, I knew him from Super Session in oh. those days, you know. Uh, you know, I knew his track record with Dylan and The Doors. And, and when I met Harvey, I met him through uh, Stu Cutler. I met him down in the village. I said, can you come up and play in my club? And he said, but we don't sing. I said, I don't care. <laughs> he said, we do all the rituals. as long as you do Harvey's tune for me, I don't care. <laughs> and we start having a hip night. I was booking Harvey on a Thursday. Oh. And then I was going down to um Malika Street to Kenny's castaway.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Trace played it. Trace, didn't yeah. you play there? Yeah, I did a drum you solo. Did play there, Trace? I did a drum solo. I had an act back in the early seventies where it was just drums and a crazy drummer, you know, like a Keith Moon. One on a Monday night? Pardon? On the jam night? What night was it, Makes so you remember? Oh, that? I don't remember. Monday
2: nights were the jam nights. Yeah, and I is... down on Monday nights, and, and uh, I, Lester Chambers from the Chambers Brothers was at the door checking ID, and I uh. looked at him. I said, ain't you, Lester? And he said, yeah. And I said, I'm Vinny from the Crazy Horse. He said, well, I, I'm not working. I'm singing. I said, no, no, no. I'll be at the bar. <laughs> A little embarrassed he was working the door and he went up and saying he came back and we had something in common it was called tequila and we said <laughs> the next thing i know i hooked him up with harvey brooks and we had a band called the lester chambers harvey brooks band oh. and it's in and it's in harvey's book
0: yeah no, i read harvey's book
2: about that i don't know baron my friend baron uh, sax player, he's got a picture in there also with Stu Cutler he told me it's in the book, I read this passage but I gotta get the book Harvey's book, and he's a sweetheart
1: yeah, you had a banner, do you still have one? didn't you play up at Brother Vic's once? yeah, I play up
2: there quite a few
1: times yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that advocate. yeah, we went up there quite a few times oh
2: yeah, I love it up there, well Al brings us up there Al Olo brings us up there uh uh-huh. up there he's over at golden ponds eddie up there jay prince is up there um and, and you know but um uh i think the furthest i've been uh with the band and your direction is uh maybe that's about it you know i've been over to uh buffalo uh i played pittsburgh and mm-hmm. we, did, uh, we did Broadway um, uh, about a month and a half ago. We did, um, you know, we did a show. We streamed a show with my band. And uh, we did it as a fundraiser uh, for Nick Cadero. So, and I'm doing the Wonder Bar next week uh, with Debbie. Debbie DeLisa down there. We do every Veterans Day. And we've been going back and forth. So what are we going to do? You know, we do Veterans Day. There, me, and, and she said we could put together a social distant concert and she pulled it off and we could only allow 58 people in there and they're gonna sit at a table it's like footloose they're not allowed to dance they're just <laughs> out down in new jersey but but they can't dance so i said okay i uh i said how are we gonna pull that off i gotta tone down my music uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to tone down the music. You, yeah. you, you play rock and roll, you play rock and roll. If they get in trouble for dancing, that's not my problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. so getting back to your uh, acting career. Yeah. I I, I guess I saw almost, the real weird thing was before I contacted, the day before, um, Facebook sending me the little video clips of The Sopranos, and it was the scene where you get whacked. Mm. So the next day on facebook or that same day i see your story about your podcast a facebook story and then i contacted you so it's a really weird uh, thing there but i was i was curious about i never saw the sopranos episode where they talked about how you got that nickname big pussy what's the explanation behind that is there one
2: um uh, yeah actually uh uh michael perioli's character christopher They were, uh, doing some robberies with Lilo's character and the other kid's character. And, um, uh, Christopher starts telling, I think one of the kids was sick and he starts telling about big pussy was a cat burglar. And, um, one time he was. i No, I, I don't know if I. Uh, if I'm gonna. I, I don't want to offend your show.
0: No, anything goes. Yeah. He,
2: says, he says one time we were robbing somebody's house and he shit in a bucket. <laughs> he was, and they said, and they said, oh, that's why they call him Big Pussy. And he said, yeah, he's a cat thief. Cat
0: thief. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what he was. I mean, but you know what happened. Um, I don't know who started I don't know how it Stern started or who started but they started to twist the name mm. big pussy, you know um and it wasn't big pussy because he was a pussy cat. yeah was, right you know was, that was his nickname and there was really a big pussy in new, new jersey but he was real tall, cool, and uh. he used to hang around Frankie Valley that's true story
0: oh wow. he, well that I have to say that's I revisited, I saw all the Sopranos from beginning to end, but I, I went and revisited that scene. It is so chilling to this day where you're on the boat. And, and I'm just curious It's sort of, you know, actor stuff, but I'm, I'm not an actor, but I'm curious about. So do you, were you supposed, to, did you know immediately that you were going to get whacked or did you, did it sort of sink in slowly? Because it, at some point, and it's so chilling when you say not in the face, you know, not in the face, that's when you realize you're, you're done. But did you come into that scene knowing you're going to get whacked, or did you? Was it a slow? You
2: know, well, David shot um, the scenes uh, to help us all in chronological order, which really kind of messed up production. In fact, there was the normal twelve-day shoot became like a fifteen-day shoot. Mm. David wanted to make sure I shot the scene of me walking down the gangplank. We shot that in Mama Park in Jersey before we went into the studios in Silver Cup. And there was a makeshift of the interior of a boat. And we were there for four days. Really? But the other, the other scenes were added away the scene of me having dinner. Uh, what Keith Richards is singing, uh, waiting for a call, uh, the scene with me in the bedroom. Um, and, um, uh, Johnny V calls me, Arnie Buko calls me, wants to know who got sick. And then the scene with the guys coming up upstairs, you know, uh, and I was worried looking for the wire. And then they shot, uh, Tony Soprano, he finds the wire. All that was done. And then David saved, um, Hmm. All that other stuff in the studio, and it was really, really uh, an emotional trip for uh, little Stephen. He was upset. Tony Sirico, who I love very much, was upset. And, and Jimmy, they, you know, they were saying to David, "We got to get rid of this guy." For yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd read as a business. Uh, you know, you, we're about to make a lot of money, and you get rid of any, and that's what was going on. You know. We knew that thing was that show was going to take off. And, um, you know, I, uh, and I love the guys and I miss the guys. Mm -hmm. Actually, I remember walking down, um, um, Washington Boulevard. I had just done a movie with Tyre Shire. Uh, actually we were still working on, I was living in, uh, in, in, uh, um, in Venice beach and we were shooting in Westwood and it was called, um, um, Pizza were bullets with me and Ronnie and Bobby and all these guys. And TMZ came up and he said, You see the episode last night, Big Pussy, would you think of the ending? <laughs> I said, What ending? I was so out of touch oh. watching the show. And then I started, you know, to get caught up. But I while I was on the show, it's like, and I was looking at the corner here. You can't call me up after nine o'clock. I don't want to talk to nobody until ten o'clock. I'm hmm. there you know. And my sister was a pain in the air. She would call me up and say, What's gonna happen next? <laughs> and I said, Wait, for Sally, can I watch the show? She said, Well, you know what's gonna happen next. What's gonna happen next? And like oh, you know, and then the night they aired the episode that we're talking about, the finale, uh HBO chased nobody, Georgian, nobody told the press what the ending was it wasn't mm. even a tv guide so i'm down the corner I'm, I'm in a loft and i got somebody from the daily news and the new and, and the new york post <laughs> hanging at my house with my dear friend stormy and my next door neighbor and i knew what was going to happen but they didn't yeah <laughs> and then the
0: next
2: day i made I, I made a full-page article it was amazing. You can't ask for that. Yeah. So as much as I was upset I wasn't on the show anymore, I I, I did go out with a bang.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. I've, I've read that it was the most, the cast was more upset by your by that yeah. department. And there's been a lot of killings, assassinations, cast members coming and going, but they were really shaken by your
2: leap, by the way they well, took yeah, you out. Because, you know, we started off together. You know, it was mm. like we went to boot camp together with the pilot and then you wait for uh, uh, your orders. Oh, you guys are gonna shoot uh, uh, 10 more episodes. And then between that season and season two, I get a phone call and David said, everybody wants to know what happened to Pussy all over the internet, you know? And I said, yeah, he says, well, Pussy's the real rat because they killed uh, uh, Joe Bonalucco in the elevator. They blamed him. They said he was the rat. But that was the cover-up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because I, Big Pussy was the rat. So the whole thing is, when he talked to me, he told me the journey I was going to go on, and he said, we don't know what episode is going to happen in. So we're over in Italy. Um, they were doing the Italian uh, episode where they friend uh, Federico over there. I mean, and we're over in Italy, and I, I was just flown over there. Timmy Curtin said, come over with us. We're going to try to do something over there. And they did. They had me walking around, it's like, and Tony thinks he sees me and says, what's he mm-hmm. doing? I thought he was back in the States. But the reality is, um, or was, that Timmy wanted me to go over there. Uh, uh, and and uh, he thought that was getting cut shorter of the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. They all knew that show was gonna take off. They knew that. They knew that. You yeah. know. But you know, I had a good journey. I had a good journey.
1: Yeah. So isn't there talk or they're gonna do a like a reboot? It's gonna be a prequel or something to the Sopranos, you know, that whole business
2: that's made already. It's called the Saints of Newark. Oh um,
1: really?
2: That's in the can already. And uh Jimmy's son, uh Michael uh Gandolfini, uh plays Tony Soprano as a kid.
1: Is there a little pussy in there? <laughs> a, t- a
2: tiny pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not a bad kid. David Chase gave him my cell number. And this oh, is true. Really? And he called me up. It was on a Tuesday. And he said, Vinnie, really, this is Samuel. He was, he's from Texas. He's half Samoan and half cowboy. I don't know why they, they got him to play me. You know, uh, because when I was young, I was 150 pounds. I wasn't, you know. But anyway, awesome. <laughs> and I get this heavy set kid. And I said, uh, David, he said, David wants me to hang around with you. I said, okay, come to, come to my acting class tonight with HB Studios. Now, he didn't know that when he walked in, little Steven was going to be sitting there with Maureen.
0: Because
2: uh, that's what we do. We yeah. met the three of us that night, and he sat there and... um he was he was pretty cool. He's pretty cool, and he um, uh, um, I, but I don't know. Uh, I don't even know the scenario. I know really is in it. What else is in it? So it's,
0: yeah. it's kind of like the you know the little rascals or something before you grow up. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, uh, yeah, it's the little rascals. Right, <laughs> yes. you're right, you're right. So what's so yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know if David could have went forward without Jimmy. You know, yeah. like, Can you go forward without yeah. Jimmy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unless
2: they justify that he really got killed in the diner, and they go forward, and they would go forward with, you know, little Stephen uh, go because everybody else is dead.
0: Yeah, and
2: I said I got to come back because I wasn't really dead; it was a dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the the out.
2: I threw, that, I threw that in a couple of guys' faces, but. <laughs> What you speaking, do?
0: speaking a little, Stephen, because you, I listened with, we should plug your podcast. It's Forget About It. You should spell it because I think just, when you say forget about it, most people aren't going to know what to look so.
2: You want me to spell? Yeah,
0: can you, <laughs> I'll spell it. I'll yeah, spell honest. it. I'll, F-U-H-G-E-D-D-A-B-O-U-D-I-T. It's Forget About It. You know, it's one.
2: Yeah, it's one that, word. And um, actually, uh Christian, who's our producer uh, put out uh, air an and it was broken up and I said that's not how you write it she says well that's the way people should say it I says, okay yeah. well see she's from Long Island and I'm from the Bronx yeah
0: and you do it with Goomba Johnny but so this is a this is kind of a spelling question so I you know I know Goomba is it's a it's a friend right in Italian it's my you're my buddy but I, online it's spelled you know, G-U-M-B-A, Johnny, Goomba Johnny is G-O-U-M-B-A. Is there variations on, can you be a different a Goomba, or is that a different meaning?
2: Uh, I think it's the person who spelled it. Like, sometimes people spell B-I-N-N-Y. Oh, yeah. It's real nickname of, for Vincent. But when I get B-I-N-N-I-E, I said, where'd you get that from? And when they call me Vince, mm. I said, the only person I ever know that called Vince... Was Elvis Presley and and um, was it Jailhouse
0: Rock?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jailhouse Rock he
0: was Vince. I think was so. he, yeah, one of them. It was Vince or Vince Vince Scully, Vince, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, so you, you, Stephen, little Stephen, and Maureen, um, they talked about this play that you were in, uh, virtual, like a Zoom play.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, I got. I'm going to stand up on a good plug. Yeah. So, in a game,
0: Oh, cool. What is it called? Renegade Theater.
2: Yeah, that's the name of Stephen's company and uh, uh, Maureen's company. Me and Maureen formed the company, and Stephen gave us his blessings by, he said, use Renegade because that's his production name, Renegade. Uh, So this is Renegade Theater, which is an extension. So um, we got Stephen involved with doing some acting with us. We did a fundraiser. Uh, Maureen and I for this guy Jack um, who um, who who died uh, he was with the company and I got Steven on stage and he got he started to you know he started to get the bug again mm-hmm. so the next thing I know he's directed me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did he- I don't love him <laughs> but, um, but you know
0: were you teach acting? Were you his acting teacher, too? or did?
2: Am I Steven's acting teacher? Yeah. No. You know, Steven told me, or Maureen told me, that Steven taught Val Kilmer the role how to act Jim Morrison in The Doors. Oh, really? And oh. I just did a movie with Val, yeah. and Val said, yeah, I love Stephen. Oh. So he was his acting coach.
0: Oh, that's
2: interesting. I never knew that. No. You know, I didn't know. There's a lot of things about Stephen that I, I, I never knew uh, until you start talking to him. Like, well, in my podcast, I said to him, so tell me about the history of Stone Pony. How did that all happen?
0: Oh, that was great. You had the Asbury, uh, Hawaii Asbury Park.
2: Hiring bands with original music. And I said, well, I was. He mm. said, well, you owned your own club. He said, but these club owners didn't do it. So they went in and they started working for the door. That he told he told that story, you know.
0: Yeah, and the crowds kept growing and growing and growing, and then yeah, there was the uh, the, the Jukes and and Bruce and everybody was started piling in. Yeah,
2: and they were coming out of that. But when I had my club, the crazy was I would go down and um, I brought Lester and Harvey down there. They didn't do the pony; they did Mrs. J's, um next door. And uh I was down there, I uh with the bangs one night, one of my bands and Bruce showed up when he was doing uh, dancing in the park, you know. And um um it's just a lot of stories out of Asbury Park that uh you know, like that's why I want I can't wait to go back to play with my band on Veterans Day there, because it's uh, it's it's the home of rock and roll. To me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it ain't Cleveland. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. So I,
1: outside I, of the Sopranos, what's your favorite role that you've played in all those? All yeah, there's so many. Um,
2: uh, I talk about it, Angelo Ruggiero, and the version I did uh, of Gotti with Amon Asante. You know, because Amon, he's a method actor. And when I went in and I auditioned for the part, and I got the part from Robert Harmon. Um, the director, uh, um, I got beep. We had beepers back then, and I was sitting in a bar drinking. And and uh, my agent said I had to go to pay phone. I said, "What's up?" He said, uh, "You got armada Asante waiting for you." I said, "Where?" <laughs> he said, "Down at the the casting office." Says, "I didn't know." You. He says, "Who told you to leave?" I said, "The director said you got the part." He says, "Well, you got a problem. You don't have the part. You got to go see him." So, I was half in the bag. I got on the subway. I got off of Varick Street. I went up. And he was sitting at the end of the table, you know, like like Gotti. And he was sitting there. And he said to me, where you been? <laughs> I was uptown having a drink because I thought I had something to celebrate about. I knew where he was going. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I thought I was going to Toronto, with you? He says, who said? I said, he did. He says, no, I make up the decision." and then he said do you know Sirico I said yeah he says he's coming with us I said I heard all about it he says oh okay well you know but look and he goes to uh, Robert Armand vinny has got to come up a week ahead of time he's got to get into character and I was hanging out with Armand every day every night going out he was John Gotti up there. We were sitting mm. at the table. Wow. And I, I was learning his process. And by the time we were ready to shoot, so much of it uh, became improvisation. And, uh, you know, and, and and when you work with Quinn and you're Anthony Quinning and you improvise with Quinn, mm. Is it- it's like, okay, uh do I belong here? And you know, two years ago, I did Bullets Over Broadway at the Algonquin Playhouse up in Maine, in Maine, with Sally Struthers. And they put me in this dressing room. And I'm looking up, it was this, I guess they had plays back there since the 30s. Hmm. And I'm looking at Anthony's twin picture. And this when he did, Streetcar. Uh-huh. In the, so he went on the road with Streetcorn in Desire.
0: Sure, wow, no, big time.
2: Yeah, that's and amazing. But I'm, I'm looking at this um, picture, and I called the guy who owns the Ditto and I said, uh, "This is really strange." He's, I said, "Was Quinn in this room?" He says, "Yeah, he did a lot of plays up here." So that's 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 the world I live in. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. You know. Um,
0: well, that's got to be gratifying. To, yeah, uh...
2: that's, what I, that's what I enjoy um, uh, when all these things happen. Like uh, me and Maureen are working on, um, you know, with the acting group, uh, Streetcar named Desire to keep ourselves busy during this pandemic. And we've been doing it on Zoom. And I, and I tell the actors, you know, Elia Kazan came from near Rochelle, he lived up the street from my father. I mean, I don't know if they, this means anything to them. <laughs> when I did on the waterfront in the matinee, my father Johnny was sitting in the fourth row. And at the evening show, Ilya was sitting in the same seat. Oh. I don't know if he was going over their heads. And then I go, when I was doing Godfather 3 and I was putting Ilya, Ilya Wallach in the car, a couple came over and Ilya's sister, Francis, we got to hurry up. We got to get the Ilias' party. And I said, Kazan? He says, yeah, but you can't come. Oh. oh, oh geez. So I got my own stories.
0: Oh, my yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we should plug. Let, let's let people know where they can find your podcast. are on Apple Podcasts like ours. It's on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. <laughs> Facebook is at Forget About It Pod. Instagram is Forget About It at Forget About It Pod. Um, you've had, uh, yeah, Steve, little Stephen and Maureen, Tony Darrow, Chaz Terry, Colin Quinn was hilarious. That was great. He said you had an attitude. Did you? Did you seem to take offense at that?
2: Because <laughs> you? you said you weren't. No, because he owes me money. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. I mean, I'm on this show. I really appreciate it. But yeah, you know, yeah, you're really not letting me plug anything. I got a couple of things I plug, but I want to plug it because I'm not coming on your show. To be a salesman. But if you watch the show with Colin, he shoved the book down our throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah the... And we I had to get up uh, eight thirty in the morning for that kid. Oh, really? Because he, he didn't want to tape in the afternoon at night. You want to do first thing in the morning. And uh, when we, it comes on like at ten o'clock in the morning, I had to go into at ten o'clock in the morning. I said, Why I gotta go up so early for you? He says, Well, I gotta do Jimmy Fallon tonight.
0: Oh, too bad.
2: It's <laughs> 11 o'clock at night. Now we
0: tape at 5. It takes long naps. Gee, that's. Uh... I want to show you one more. I don't expect you to remember, but I promised a friend of mine I'd show this to you. This was taken oh, in Fox. Yeah. This was taken in Fox. My friend is named Vic, Nick Visconti. Well, the reflections are bad. And this is Nick, the bald headed guy, and he's with you, the whole cast here. At, at Foxwood, you were up there to see a fight, a, a lightweight fight. He told me, but I don't remember. I don't know what year it was. It must have been, you know. That but,
2: looks like a night we were making money.
0: Yeah, you look yeah, pretty. Like
2: a meet and greet. You yeah, you look pretty
0: happy there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's it's Jimmy, Federico, Michael, me, and Tony. Uh, I don't think we went up there for a fight. I think we did a meet and greet, and that's yeah, that's how we sit during the meet and greets. Boy, those days I miss those days, man. Me and Michael. Me and Michael yeah. and Saripa went to Australia. And we did a meet and greet for seven cities. Wow. And then we came back and were booked for 15 cities in Great Britain. And we were supposed to be out there last May. And you, of course, you know, mm. there ain't nobody going nowhere. But they, uh, Roger, um, our promoter, sent us the dates. And he says, you're going to go in June, hopefully, because we sold out. We sold out 15 shows. And they don't want to give the money back. And I could use the money.
0: Uh, yeah. Right. Well, well now you're are you still making are you making tomato sauce? Isn't that your latest venture? Or is that did that
2: Well, yeah, I you know, it's like these things that you need. I call them commodities.
0: Yeah. But is this a family, family recipe?
2: Uh is it my family's recipe? No, it's Anthony's family's recipe. Anthony's yeah. a good kid. He's got a little deli out in Long Island. he came up with this idea and it's it's starting to, uh, you know it's starting to grow it takes time you know from one store now I mean uh, I grew up in the western Rochelle and there's a deli on the corner that's probably been there for like a hundred years and they're selling my sauce <laughs>
1: so,
2: That's nice. yeah they sell it down the corner. They sold down the corner, Dominic. That's nice. So since you since you gave the guy a plug, I should ask him to mail you a couple a couple of jobs. Oh, I'd
0: love oh, yeah. it. And I'll, I'll and, I, and I'll send you I'll send you a wad.
2: Don't send him a wad. Send me the wad. Yeah, no, I'll send you the wad. Right, right. Well, um, you, you know what? Uh, all I got to do is sign that for you. Yeah. Collect oh. like you're in a box.
0: Oh, yeah. eBay. Yeah, absolutely. eBay, right.
2: or, or you 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 put it on a table for a charity.
0: Oh, I would do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Oh, I'd love that. No, so I've when
2: kept... I come up there, I'll sign it for you, Unless you want to mail it to me. Let me tell you something uh, before we go. During the pandemic, I was getting so much mail from people. They're home, and they find your address, mm. and they, they were running pictures off, and they're mailing them, and we're signing them. And I'm talking about I was getting zombed, you know. So I get this box, and I take it home, and I open it up, and there was a real gun inside of
0: it. Oh, my God. They want you to sign the gun?
2: He wanted me to sign the gun. So I said, whoa. <laughs> so I call up my security guy, Joey, who's on the street. He comes over. He very. it's a real gun. I said, why am I getting a real gun in the mail? How could the post office let a real gun go through? They lock up people from marijuana, and they're, sh- they're sending a gun to my PO box? So I called up the police. Uh, and they came over, and they looked at it, and they said, it's a prop gun. I said, well, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, people you know, Bruce Lee was killed with a prop gun. I mean, yes. you know,
2: I said, Look at it, there's a hole there. I've seen yeah. prop guns. He says, Well, there's no bullets in there. I said, Listen, get it out of here. Take it. So the guy emails me and he said, No, the guy he doesn't have my email address. He sends me no no no. Whatever happened to my gun. So I mail him back and I said, If you want your gun, it's at the four-five precinct <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's have you ever thought I consider because you know, actually you remind you have a similar look to Harvey Brooks. And and Harvey Brooks is always called a teddy bear, you know, he just has that kind of huggable. But you've got you've got you know, as mean as you you know, if you give that look, I mean you, you can be intimidating. But, you know, you sort of have a teddy bear aspect too. Have you ever wanted to do like like De Niro's done and later done kind of played? You know, just a, fun, a lovable grandpa or a lovable guy in a family co- comedy. Have you ever done those or wanted to?
2: Well, that's one of the uh, advantages of having a the theater company. Um, you know, I wrote a play. It was about my father, and uh, I worked on it. I worked on the role myself. It wasn't a wise guy. It was, you know, huh. an, an older man. Uh, we did a play called Air Post Reunion. Um, where I played a bartender, Louis Larusso wrote it. I did Danny Aiello's role. And uh, Stephen directed us in Lovers and Other Strangers. And I did um, the uh, um, scene that um, Richie Castellano had done in Lovers. It's, uh, hey, what's the story, Richie? What's the story? Keep slamming the thing. That, that thing, when I did that, and, um, and Stephen was tough on me because I'm trying to act. Looking at the camera here, talking mm. to you. Oh, yeah. With the lines. The lines are down here. Oh, sh- and he's he said, learn Line, your lines. <laughs> so, listen to this. So, we tape, right? And he said, that was great. That was great. Let's do it again. And I saw, uh oh, because I had a guy in the back in my computer with a cue card. Uh-
0: <laughs>
2: he dropped them. <laughs> Oh my! So, God. Wait a second, Stephen. You got to give me ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, I shouldn't do it again. I said, Stephen. I don't know if you know it, but I've been using cue cards. He says, "Okay, that's it. We'll use what we got." I wasn't going to tell him.
0: Yeah, that's funny. But you are an acting teacher, right? I mean, did I get that right? Don't you teach I'm an
2: acting? Teacher, you have a class a to use cue cards. His
0: yeah. you when you I'm teach a acting to yeah. young? I imagine the younger whatever anybody i mean what what's the general approach is it the you said are you with the Her- herbert Bergdoff studios yeah said? i'm down there yeah
2: what's the the general approach yeah i mean yeah what
0: is that you know i mean i i went to carnegie as a, in the drama department and and I, I i didn't come out as an actor but the one the, the acting class i took and it could have been the whole class he so just said you it's behaving Authentically in a make believe situation. That was the whole, that was sort of the gist of this whole class. So is that, is, what is, is Bird Dog? When,
2: when I set up, Biggs, uh, is I set up a workshop. So uh, let's say you and Trace come in um, the first Monday, and Maureen's with me all the time. And I said, okay, uh, Trace, give me a monologue. And you give me a monologue. And then I said, Biggs, give me a monologue. And I said, oh, you guys are been together. Okay, uh, go home, come back next week with a scene, read it. And then I say, email me, call me, and I'll help you find the scene. And then you come back the second week, and you sit at the table, and you read. And by the fourth week, you have to be 100% off book, because I bring in people like little Steven to see the show. Oh. And that's what I do.
0: Oh, okay. So it's real work. You make them work?
2: Yeah, it's a workshop. <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> I consider myself um, uh, a teacher. I consider myself more of a director. um than a teacher because if if, if Trace says to me, Avini, oh, that's a difficult scene. I don't know how to uh, get to that point. Or uh, okay, Trace, I'm going to give you a question. Uh, ask me. Did you see the episode where I was crying on the toilet bowl?
1: Oh, you're asking me like you, this is a, yeah in The Sopranos? You're talking about? Did you see me crying on the toilet? Bowl? No, no, I didn't. You never saw that episode. If I,
2: I did it. Did. Okay, so then <laughs> I, I might have just do that scene. Okay, um, Migs, did you see me yeah. uh, uh, on the toilet bowl that scene? Uh,
0: yeah, I didn't see it in The Sopranos. I saw it, I was looking through your window. I saw
2: it yesterday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the question is that yes. and I was crying. Yes. As an actor, I would say to, to, to Vinny as the teacher how did you prepare for that and he could either say i don't want to talk about it because mm. i drew it to something that really touched that vein or um yeah let's talk about it and it becomes like therapy so you have to when you work it's it's not like See, when we do podcasts, we, we entertain each other, we talk, we give stories. It's real, it's happening now. When you do acting, you gotta immerse yourself and prepare so much by the time it starts. Um, we, I, I, when I was working on Awakenings with De Niro, I was, uh, I was starting off. I was doing extra work. And then I oh. he gave me a contract, Penny gave me a contract. And I, and I used to watch Bobby walk around with that red-striped rose robot. That man never, never went out of character. Mm. And there's a guy who lives up near you, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, same thing. They say when he was prepping for Abe Lincoln, mm. he was living in a cabin in the back of his house. <laughs> and his daughter, Arthur Miller's uh Daughter, his wife, Arthur Miller's daughter, used to bring him um, his coffee and everything back there.
0: Uh, yeah, I've heard, there's other actors that I've heard just can flip flip a switch, you know, they can be crying and sobbing, hysterical, and then it's like cut, and then they're totally fine, they're telling jokes, and they're, you know.
1: Anthony Hopkins, I heard him interviewed once, oh, yes. he says, well, I'm doing that serious part you saw me in that movie, he says, I'm thinking about my tires need to be changed on my car, <laughs> like things of like really, it's so easy for him. But based on that, you know, then come back in. Well, that's like Robin
2: Williams. Robin Williams was he—he he could come out of it and then he would come back into it in a second. And we were working on awakenings that used to really bother De Niro that Robin would fool around in between takes, tell hmm. no jokes and
0: shit. Yeah, it's, everyone has their own method.
2: And 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 and, and um, they have this struggle. And uh, Robin's glasses are supposed to go flying, and and Robin put up his hand, and they broke. He broke De Niro's nose. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I saw De Niro become Jake LaMotta, and he. Yeah, I do that. For but yeah. They shut us down for two weeks. I don't care. I felt bad for Bobby, but I got paid for two weeks. Oh, for because we were on hold for that scene. But when I watched the scene, I remember when Robin hit him in the nose and Peter Bagalzi, our stunt coordinator from Sopranos was a stunt guy. Co- you know, it ain't easy, you know, it ain't easy.
0: No, it's and it's you physical. Climb, it's a very
2: find that ladder and 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 then you're just glad that you have some kind of you know, something in back of you, you know.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: You, think, you have something back you yeah
0: but people don't realize you know it's a physical not just when you're in a physical situation with somebody but just physically you know emotionally and physically I mean you're you know your your body like they say is your instrument I mean you've got to do you know you've got to know whatever how to you know body movement and everything else but,
2: or you got to be like me and my all my guys we call ourselves street actors uh we came from the street right. and that's what we use. So is it hard for me to play a doctor? I don't think I'd ever get a button in, in my life as a doctor. <laughs> um, you know, I, yesterday I was watching bogey and uh, cause I'm a TCM, uh, uh, oh, that's all I watch. And I'm watching him play, uh, first he play Roy Earl, which was High Sierra. And they had, they ran Jack Palance's version with Stella Stevens the night before, which was I Died a Thousand Times. So they see, now you see Bogey in High Sierra with Ida Lupino. And then they played Petrified Forest. He played Duke Mantee, which was really a play. Came out of the city. Mm,
0: Petrified Forest, that was scary. He watched
2: that movie, but he stole the movie. Mm. He didn't do much at all. And the guy, he wasn't a gangster. I think he went to Harvard.
0: Or something. <laughs> I know. The
2: same thing was G. Robinson. M. G. Robinson was a gentleman. And and, and the, another guy, um, one of my favorites, Paul Mooney. Um, these were educated guys. But my guys, me, Sirico, Chuck Zito, um, uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Sachs, all these guys, um... We're street actors you know we started uh some started earlier a lot of us started late in life and we apply what we knew back from back then we put it into now and we incorporated you know
0: but it makes it more authentic like we're saying it. i mean you can't it, fake yeah, that
2: you know. have uh you have some kind of a knowledge um but You wonder, yeah, you were saying before, I could see you playing like in a sitcom on old Man, everything like that. I mean, there's nothing out there right now, man. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. I got a text from my manager. Uh, You may have an offer to work with George Clooney. Yeah, when? When?
0: When he gets divorced.
2: When? I mean, you can't go nowhere. Mm,
0: No, it's... It's well, where can people? Before we wrap up, where where can people see the Renegade Theater? Is it online? Or do you have yeah. to tune? In? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just, uh, just go to YouTube. And look up Renegade. Oh, okay. We Did something for Halloween the other day. Uh, Maureen just put up uh, scenes from a play called Closure. Um, I threw up something which is really not Renegade. I threw up something from the class. <laughs> So we put it up. We put it up, and, and you know, and and the reason why we put it up is because it's good for the actors. They could use the stuff for their reels. You don't know who's going to see it, you know, and uh, it's been keeping us, keeping us busy, and uh, alive.
0: Right. Trace, do you have any parting? No.
1: Just thank, thanks a lot for coming on the show. there's A lot of great stories there. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I don't
0: know if you, were, you and Trace have been communicating. If, if you I really... Like
1: one more story I, I have to Yeah, tell.
0: please.
2: So uh, Harvey used to be in a group called the Fabulous Rhinestones. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Cal David. See, I know my stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and they, they had a song called What a Wonderful Thing We Have. It was great. And that used to be me and my ex-wife's song when we'd go to Woodstock. Right? Oh, yeah. So I found it on the internet the other day. And uh, I put it on Facebook. And I i don't know. I said, for Nancy. Huh. And so she tweeted me back. And she says, where'd you find this song? Uh-huh. Music keeps us, you know, Connected. together. Man. Connected, yeah. And that's the rhinestones, and um, it's all cool, you know, mm-hmm. right, guys? Absolutely. Really? Oh yeah. And, and, and anybody ever tell you you look like Bruce Dern?
0: <laughs> uh, no, but thank you. I I love Bruce Dern at uh, the movies. Uh, Silent Running was, I think, the first. Was it Silent Running? Was it the first movie made where he's in outer space? So, yeah, he's great. Thank you,
2: right? Well, uh, did you ever see him in uh, with um, with? Um, Nick Nolte? Was it Nick Nolte? No, John Voight, coming home.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's a great actor. He's oh. wonderful,
2: wonderful actor. Oh, okay, Trace and Migs, uh, uh maybe we could do a Zoom online acting uh, lesson,
0: I don't know. I love anything you want to do, and if you, since you've been communicating with Trace, you know, I, I will send you to this to get autographed, and I will promise to, to offer it to a charity as a fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Let me sign it and send it back to you with some pictures. That'd be great. Yeah, people, that's all. People love that. Okay. All right? Okay. okay. So Thanks, you, guys you. Don't, you guys are brothers, and you don't fight,
0: huh? No. Well, we're too far apart. <laughs>
1: Where are you, Trace? No, I, I live yeah. up in Reading, um, and uh, Connecticut. And Miggs is in Westport.
0: Yeah, we're at, we're twenty five minutes away. It's not that.
1: Uh, so uh, Miggs is close
2: to me. You're in Westport, and you're up there. My brother, my brother's in Southbury.
1: Southbury, yeah, north north of me. Yeah,
2: that's north of you. He's yeah. He he just got out of here. He went to Danbury, New Fairfield. Now he's up. He's up there. I love Connecticut, but. It's hard for me to get to work from Get Out of it.
1: When I went to rent this uh, small house, Georgian Watkins tried to sell me on it, said, Robert De Niro slept here. And it must have been before he started out, you know, like his first part, because it's a very small model. No, it probably stayed there
2: when he was doing jackknife.
1: Oh. Oh, it could have been, yeah, right. It could have been his little... Because they shot it up there. Oh, okay.
0: No, that's right, yeah.
1: What, you slept in De Niro's bed? No, I brought my own bed, but when I, when I got divorced. And I had a- She's a wonderful woman. I just, you know, I looked at about 10, it was a long story, but my I had to move out of my house. And um, I looked at about 10 places and I had to make a decision right away. And I just felt at home at this house. And she and the, uh, the realtor says, I can't tell you. I said, who's the landlord? I can't tell you. I said, what do you mean you can't tell me? And she says, well, it's a celebrity. And she said, I can't tell you who the celebrity is. And, um, and then the day that I went to pay, sign the lease, Georgian came, and there that was the...
0: So, so we're all connected. Celebrity. And, uh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: That's nice. It's amazing how... Well, you, know. if
1: you want
2: some... Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm 100% right or correct on this, but um, I, I know, I heard that she met Chris when he was doing Deerhunter. When he was doing what? Deer Deerhunter.
1: Oh, i read that it, it was like on Broadway or something because he was a dancer early on. Yeah, also oh, it was before Deer Hunter? Probably. Yeah, it was before Deer, Deer Hunter. They did some, um, I don't know what, what play it was, I forget. But uh, she, and I forget she was a dancer too or she had some position in the theater at that time.
2: Yeah, and um, her and Sheila Jaffe, uh, Sheila's a sweetheart. She's got a foundation with Mark Wahlberg um, and run DMC. It's called Camp, Camp Felix uh, for, um, you know, adopted kids. Oh, that's nice. And uh, we do that, and um, Sheila is a doll. And Sheila, uh, after Sopranos, for me, she gave me a lot of work. I, well, well, that brings.
0: I have one more question that I went to. What does people want to know? What does a casting director do? Do you audition for the casting director, and then if they say I like you, you got the part, or no, they no. sort of?
2: It's yeah. process of elimination. Go see the casting director first. I got to see Migs before I can meet Trace. That's all. Oh, okay. And Then I go see Migs, and then you say to Trace, I got this guy Vinnie, and then Trace says, Okay, let me see you. It's one, two, and then if it's a big role, then we got to go in front of like a bunch of people.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm yeah. sort of the screener. I make sure that they're only seeing good people, so...
2: Yeah, you know. oh yeah, 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 oh no, yeah, right, right. Otherwise, they're going to say, what are you doing, go home. I yeah. can do a better job than you, <laughs> you know? But yeah. i tell you what uh, uh, Georgiane did. This true story. After season one, she called me, because I don't even remember working on computers so much, and she said, Vinny, I need some actors. Uh, give me a list of your friends. And she used these guys. Oh, she really? Had an audition. Who got a union card? Who got this? She used these guys. My dear friend Anthony Rubustello wound up going on the show towards the, the last few episodes, and he was um, he became Jimmy's driver. Um, she 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 was good about that. You know, she always gave uh, the actor a break. You know, she was always good about that. She still is good about that. And, uh, and you know, so I got nothing to say. <laughs> I got not. nothing to say about Christopher Walken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you ever been in a movie with Walken? Christopher? Uh, I did a reading.
2: This is true. I was down at Asbury, uh, Atlantic City, doing a meet and greet. And uh, Georgiana called me up. She's where are you? I said, Atlantic City. She says, well, can you be... At De Niro's building tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I said, "Yeah." She says, "I have. Uh, you're going to read with Bobby." I said, "Send me the script." She says, "No, no. You get the script when they show up. I'm going to be there." I said, "Yeah, I'm going to be there." <laughs> and um, who was on stage? It was Bobby, Rene Russo, Joey Pants, Christopher, Chaz, Tony Darrow, me um and i think it was debbie meza and we read this script and after um we read bobby was nice to me everybody was nice blah 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 and um christopher just walked away i don't even think he said goodbye to anybody and he just walked home he's well walk- i saw him walking because i was driving down the street and i said you want to ride me and he said no he wouldn't even get my car <laughs> yeah. he's like that
0: you know um, Grace does a great Christopher Walken. Impression. I'm not doing, it. I'm not doing not, it. Okay, he's not doing it well,
2: now. I, I'm not getting off the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no, no Give me uh forget about it, like Christopher Walken would say.
1: Oh no! I need to practice. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot.
2: You could email them,
0: You could email them your little animation of it.
1: Oh, no, I did an animation. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, what, what kind of animation?
1: Well, I was in. I did animations for Howard Stern and Margaret Cho, and and I had an HBO series developed there for a while. Anyhow, so I I did that, and Miggs and I had a a variety show in Westport produced by the library and so I did these sort of jib jab I don't know if you're familiar with them with just the jaw moves up and down and celebrities and um I did the voices
0: yeah he'll send it to you it's 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 really excellent and I didn't even know it was him because I knew knew he was doing these animations and then I Christopher Walken I said who did you get for that he said that was me I it's spot on anyway well you'll you'll hear it
2: yeah okay guys
0: well thanks so much all right thanks
2: Thanks a lot Thanks a lot, guys.
0: Be good. With you. Great pleasure.